0: Wapak Naz is Love People, Loving People to Jesus, and it takes people to partner with us to be on mission and bring this message to our community, the region, and the world. If you would like to financially partner with Wapak Naz to love people to Jesus, join us by going to our website at wapaknaz.org and becoming a financial partner. We thank you, we pray for you, we love you, and enjoy the message. And. Uh... We firmly believe that um, the Lord calls us to, to give, not only to the church, but to give generously elsewhere. And so we've, we've uh, provided opportunity and options for you. Wow, is that me? I'm really sorry. I don't mean to keep you awake. No, really, I do. Um, but uh, you can give online or joy boxes right here at the exits. Um, you can text to give. You can set up an account there. Um, And so I just want to say good morning It is truly an honor and a privilege to be with you this morning Uh, This morning we are going to um, jump right in So if you would open scripture uh, Whether you have your Bible or you have your phone uh, You could please open up to Colossians We're going to hit two verses in Colossians And then we're going to jump a couple pages um, your fingers may need to be fast to do that uh, if you're on your phone. We're going to jump to a couple pages to 1 Thessalonians, um, and uh, we'll dive right in. Colossians chapter 3, verse 17, and then we're going to jump over to 23. Excellent. I'd like to meet her. I've always wanted to meet no, her. Uh, anyhow, Colossians chapter 3. As you know, we embrace the awkward here. Colossians chapter three, verse 17. And whatever you do, whether in word or deed, do it all in the name of the Lord Jesus, giving thanks to God, the Father, through him. Verse 23. Whatever you do, I think you see a theme. Whatever you do, work at it. With all your heart, with your passion, with all your passion, as working for the Lord, not men. And then, just a couple pages if you're in your Bible. First Thessalonians, chapter 2. All of these are the words of Paul. Chapter 2, and I believe verse, I've lost the verse, I'm sorry. 4, verse 4. We are not trying to please men, but God, who tests our hearts. Father, may the word of God unpack us, interpret us. May your Holy Spirit do a true work in our life and lead us much further than we are today. We ask these things in the name of Jesus Christ, our Lord and our Savior. Amen. You know, you may not necessarily be what you do, but how you do what you do reveals a lot about you, doesn't it? It was on my third day. I just started a new position. The week before, I was working as a child and adolescent case manager at a mental health agency and my hours were at my discretion as long as i got my job done because they were fluctuating according to other people's schedules but this this was different juvenile probation department was a bit different and i learned that on day three i had just snuck in the office a little bit after seven thirty, and i sat down at my desk the chief probation officer walked into my office, past my desk with his cup of coffee in hand, and he looked out the window overlooking the street below. And he said, we start here at 730. Is that a problem? Then he took a drink out of his coffee cup. A very good strategic tactic because that was my cue to answer. And I said, no, sir. All right, then. And without making eye contact, turned around and walked out (laughs) out of my office. So as an individual who was in uh, People Pleasers Anonymous, uh, that really hit hard. Um, And I, I sat there with a red face, staring out the same window, feeling the weight of the words of the chief. And in that raise the bar conversation uh, I learned a few things one when you're late you steal two when you're late you lose credibility and influence three when you're late you impact your leadership and your teammates in fact you disrespect them So, I learned a hard lesson that day. And in fact, just a few weeks prior, I was in the interview process with the chief and the judge, and they knew my faith in Jesus Christ. In fact, they asked about my faith in Jesus Christ, and they wanted to make sure that the line was drawn with my faith in Jesus Christ, that my working in the capacity of a juvenile probation officer with juvenile court does not allow me to openly speak about Jesus Christ with anyone unless asked like many of you who are in professional positions and so I also learned that my credibility and influence for Jesus Christ on those that I work with would be in jeopardy if I didn't hold my own weight and I arrived on time. Needless to say, I changed my behavior really, really fast, right? So, work as if you're working for the Lord. You may not necessarily be defined by what you do, but how you do what you do reveals a lot about you, doesn't it? It reveals your heart and your motivations. It reveals who you are in your character. Uh, at the Global Leadership Summit in 2015, Horace Schultz, who is the CEO of the Ritz Carlton, he actually left his speech in a taxi. So he was standing in front of thousands at Willow Creek and in at the video venue sites in, in front of millions. And he began to talk about the Ritz-Carlton. And the Ritz-Carlton is known for its great service. But see, the great service occurs because of the CEO, Horst Schultz, empowers his people to do their service with excellence. And in fact, he said in front of all the leaders before him that it was his responsibility as a leader to lead his people to excellence. I have on my whiteboard in my office a quote, which I have no idea where it came from because it didn't come from me because it's not that brilliant. I'm not that brilliant, I should say. But it says that if your people do not do this or that, you have not led your people to do this or that. You need to lead your people to do this or that. You need to challenge them. You need to, quote-unquote, raise the bar. You need to push them. So today, we're going to raise the bar in excellence. Wrong way. See, that wasn't excellent, right? Raise the bar. No, that's not excellent. Uh, that was Matthews. That was really good. I laughed really hard. <laughs> we're going to raise the bar. No, today we're raising the bar in excellence. And 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 I just want to say, not only was I in uh, People Pleaser Anonymous, I was in Perfectionist Anonymous because I am a recovering perfectionist. And let us not confuse perfectionism with excellence because perfectionism and excellence are two different things. Craig Rochelle actually says that excellence itself limits at some point or time or another. It will eventually limit you. And excellence are, are, and uh, um, perfection itself is the enemy of growth. It's excellence and our pursuit of excellence that motivates us. And so today... I want us to pursue excellence as a people of God in all that we do, whatever we may do. Last week, we raised the bar spiritually. This week, we raised the bar in our excellence and our work ethic. Now, this does not just necessarily apply in the workplace. This is paid positions, non-paid positions. If you are on a team, if you are an athlete, if you're on the court, if you're on the ball field, if you're in the home, If you're on the worship team, if you're on the greeting team, in the church, out of the church, this applies to us. And, folks, quite frankly, there are a lot of enemies of excellence complacency, lack of discipline, lack of competence, complaining. The list is long. The list is real long. However, we're going to address one enemy of excellence today and then we're going to jump into the example of excellence and figure out how can we just raise the bar one notch in our excellence the enemy of excellence that i just want to briefly mention to you is the enemy called comparison and competing now i'm not talking in terms of the goat who is the goat the greatest of all time is it mj is it king james is it kobe is it rogers like we compare who the goat is all the time even yesterday they had on the nfl tom brady and they showed all the goats and he was at the pinnacle of something i have no idea what but apparently he was this is not that type of comparison there is something in our dna i swear there's a comparison competing gene all the way in our fibers of DNA. Because quite frankly, what we do as human beings, we quickly compare ourselves to other people. Right? Ray has an issue. Because he's comparing himself to that guy. Folks, when we compare, more often than not, we're the ones that we're comparing to other people or other people to ourselves. When we compare ourselves to other people, other people become the measurement of the standard. And the opposite is true. When we compare ourselves to other people, we become the measurement and the standard for other people. Only two things will happen when we compare ourselves and compete with other people one we will feel or think ourselves to be inadequate or two we will think and feel ourselves to be superior inadequacy or superiority those two doesn't get the job done doesn't move humanity up the notch and up a level in fact Simon Sinek said, if you, we need to focus on who we are rather than our competition. And in fact, for you and I, our competition actually needs to be ourself. There's a bell at the WAC, the Walpock Athletic Club, that's right on the wall by the doors. It's a small little bell. You may not notice it if you just walk into the gym, but it's there it's there. Why is it there? It's for the PR. What's the PR? Your personal record. And if you break your PR, you get to ring the bell and you get to ring it loud. It's not like Arby's when you walk out the door and you had good service, you just ring that bell. No, you have to work hard to ring this bell. You have to beat yourself. You have to compete against yourself. You have become the standard in which you are measuring yourself by. It's not the other guy that looks like that that you're measuring yourself by. Because I can tell you what, if I'm measuring myself against that, I am turning in my membership and not going back. We need to quit comparing ourselves to other people the haves, what they have, what they don't have, how pretty they are how smart they are, how good they are it only leads to inadequacy or superiority it never leads to goodness so the question today is how do we raise the bar in our excellence how do we just get the notch up Well, again, you're not defined by what you do. But how you do what you do, wherever you do that, reveals a lot about you. We have to understand that to raise the bar in our excellence, it's the why behind what we do. What is your why? Well, let's look at Jesus. There was a moment on the front end of Jesus' ministry. This is the wedding at Cana. Jesus and his disciples and his mom were all invited to a shindig. It was a party, and it was a long party. Typically those parties last about seven days in ancient Israel. And apparently as the party was going, the wine was flowing, and the wine ran out. And what happens when the wine runs out before the party is done? Embarrassment happens. It's the people who threw the party that become really greatly embarrassed. It's a party faux pas. And so Jesus' mom goes to Jesus, hoping that he will rectify and resolve the situation. They have no more wine. Hint, hint, son. Fix the problem. But I think Jesus' words really impact us where we are today. He says, dear woman, why do you involve me? Notice what he says after that. My time has not yet come. What's he referring to? What's Jesus referring to when he says, my time has not yet come? Well, Jesus is referring to his purpose. His why. The why behind the what. His purpose for being here on earth. His arrival as that fragile, vulnerable baby in the most unexpected places. He's referring to The cross. He's referring to his death. He's referring to the resurrection. The redemption of humanity. You and me. And the forgiveness of sins. And eternal life. And bridging the gap between us and God. My time has not yet come. It's a bit early, Ma. And over and over and over, Jesus goes back to his wives. The why behind the what. The why behind the how. For instance, there was a moment towards the end of his ministry where his brothers, you know, those brothers who thought he was out of his mind, who didn't believe in Jesus when he was alive, they actually pushed Jesus to go to the Feast of Tabernacles and say, hey, Jesus, you know... If you're going to be a public figure, don't be in secret. Do the things you're supposed to do out in front of everybody. Why don't you go to the Feast of the Tabernacles? Why don't you go to Jerusalem with us? And what does Jesus say? The right time for me has not yet come. I know my why. I know my purpose. And it's not right now. Don't force me in a direction that I'm not supposed to go. I know my why. I stick with my why. Folks, when Amy and I um, arrived, we arrived here in 2013. And for those few years, my wife kind of went through this identity crisis because she was a children's pastor. She knew she was supposed to be a children's pastor since she was like a fetus, I think. Maybe a little older. I exaggerate a little bit. But when she, was, when she was a kid, she knew that she was supposed to be a children's pastor. And so when she was at Lima Community, that's all she did as a junior higher and high schooler. And so she was in children's ministry when I met her. She had been for years. But when I came here, we came here together, she had to resign her position. And so Pastor Amy was no longer the title in which she would carry. And so she kind of had this identity crisis I asked her the other day. I said, "What's your why behind whiners?" I mean, I knew the answer, but I, I i wanted I wanted to hear her. And she first said, "Well, it was because I went through an identity crisis. I didn't know what to do, and 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 I wanted to figure that out. And this is what happened." I said, "No, that doesn't have staying power. That doesn't have longevity. See, a why is supposed to have staying power for you, right? It's supposed to have longevity." It's supposed to carry you through those moments that are really, really, really hard and difficult. Those moments where you just throw up your arms and you say, I just want to give up. I'm done with it. That why didn't help us in the moment when we were in a dilapidated building that needed renovated during a pop-up shop in the middle of December when it was cold. And we were sitting at a table with a banker and trying about to sign our life away. Knowing full well that our basement HVAC unit just went out. And, wait for it, so did our living space HVAC unit went out. And, wait for it, just the week before our dryer went out. And none of them were working. And we're looking at each other with the paperwork going, are you kidding me? Does this make any sense at all? See, the why keeps you grounded, doesn't it? The why keeps you focused, doesn't it? Jesus was completely focused on his purpose and his mission and why he was here. When we want to raise the bar in our excellence, we have to have our why. And our why has to have staying power. In case you were wondering, our why was to impact our community. Our why was to impact our community, our employees, our customers that come through the door, for Christ. Christ gave his all for us. It's all for Christ. It was to impact community and nonprofits and families and individuals that were having some rough times. It was to build into missionaries and into the kingdom of God. And yes, into Wapop Naz. Now that has staying power. When you were worried and, and concerned and thinking it's all for naught, you go back to your why. Jesus. Just a little bit later from this moment. He was teaching in the temple. In the temple courts. And by the way, during the Feast of the Tabernacles, the same feast that he refused to go with his disciples, or his brothers. And he was teaching. And the people were still confused about who Jesus was. Jesus was not confused about who he was because he knew his identity was in, in God. And his identity was in his, who he was. And he's, they wanted to seize him. They wanted to remove the Messiah. And John tells us, at this they tried to seize him, but no one laid a hand on him because his time had not yet come. John the apostle, the disciple, who knew Jesus, who watched Jesus, who hung out with Jesus, was part of the the miracles, who was the only disciple to watch Jesus die on the cross, give his last breath, as he's looking back over his shoulder, writing the Gospel of John, chapter 13, the story flips. And John sets up the scene and sets up the rest of his book. From chapter 13 to chapter 21, it's the last supper moment. And he says this, It was just before the Passover feast. Jesus knew the time for uh, had come for him to leave this world and go to the Father. Things were starting to play out, and his time had come. Because if you read the Gospel of John, you realize that this moment is just hours, mere hours before Jesus is arrested in the garden. This is hours before he wrestles with his purpose Yes, you still wrestle with your purpose, even if you know your why. And this is just mere hours before Jesus is beaten and mocked, carried the cross, and was hung on the cross. The time was about to come. And in the longest recorded prayer of Jesus, John chapter 17, where he prays for the disciples and, and believers prays for us in the 21st century. He starts out his prayer with, Father, the time has come to glorify your Son that your Son may glorify you. The why was coming to fruition. And wouldn't you know it, the last words that Jesus utters on the cross. The last words after he gives up his breath. It is finished. Jesus' why had longevity. Jesus' why kept him focused. And quite frankly, Jesus' why battled the enemies of excellence. It enabled him and empowered him. Because if you know your why, you can tolerate the pain. If you know your why, you can endure the delay. If you know your why, you're going to work real, real hard. I don't know when it was for me. I knew it was at the probation department, but I don't know when the, the, the switch flipped for me. But I do know the scriptures. The scriptures that flipped that switch in my life where my why actually happened, well, it was those scriptures in which we read earlier. And whatever you do, whether in word or deed, Meaning everything, all that you do, if you go to the WAC, if you go to Wines, if you go to the schools, if you sit at home, if you're in your neighborhood, if you're talking to your neighbor, if you're going to church, whatever you do, whether word or deed, do, do it all in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ. Whatever you do, work at it with all of your heart as working for the Lord not for men and then that most freeing scripture for me that recovering people people pleaser we are not trying to please men but God who tests hearts folks I don't know when that switch flipped for me but that's what it was and honestly that's a charge for all of us Whatever you do, whether in deed or word, no matter what, you work as if you're working for the Lord. That addresses all the enemies of excellence. That addresses complacency. That addresses competence or incompetence. That addresses coming in late. In fact, that addresses come in early, stay a little bit later if you need to. Be the teammate your team needs, right? Be the teammate that will help carry the team and better the team. Because when you better yourself, the team gets better, right? This raises the bar. Your why raises the bar. Do you have a why? Do you have a why behind what you do? Whether you're retired, whether you're a teenager and a student, Whether you are in the working force, whether you're at the factory at a job that you just despise, do you have a why? Do you have a why with the bosses that are just in your ear all the time? Do you have a why for what you do? If you have a why, that bar will get raised just a little bit more. And over time, that compounding effort of just hammering away, you will see amazing things that will happen. Literally, last year at this time, Amy and I were in Cuba with a team of pastors. And we met a pastor at at a church. And actually, it was somebody else's house. But she wanted to show us her church. And we walked 45 minutes up a mountain to go to her church then she showed us her house her house was a very tiny dilapidated wooden house then we walked out the back of the house and outside the house it wasn't even an outhouse I don't know what you call it it was banana leaves in the form of a teepee with a hole in the ground this young lady was so talented and artistic that she in fact was a teacher an art teacher making $50 a month yet yet she believed that God called her to be a pastor And thankfully it's in the Nazarene church Woo-hoo! but she was called to be a pastor in the kingdom of God and so She left behind the salary of $50 a month for a salary of $12 a month for a dilapidated house with a hole in the ground with banana leaves as a teepee for her back. Her staying power was not a paycheck. It wasn't a 401k, and at times it wasn't food on the table. And at times it wasn't the roof over her head because that roof leaked a lot. It wasn't so that her bathroom was really awesome because it wasn't. Her staying power was the why. She knew she was called. She knew the Lord spoke to her. Whatever you do in word or deed, do it all for the Lord. Working as if you were working for the Lord. Not for anybody else. Because when you know you're working for the Lord, you know what you do in private and in public, they're seen. They're seen. She had staying power because she had a why. Do you have a why for what you do? If you don't, it's time you find me. It's time you have a gut check moment and you find me. If you do have a why, does your why have staying power? Is it more than a paycheck? Is it more than a bank account? Because folks, we'll leave for more money. Or we'll stay for more money.
1: But money, that doesn't have longevity. Do
0: you have a why? Do you have a why for your volunteering? Do you have a why for your basketball team? Do you have a why for your education? Do you have a why in your retirement? Find your why. Jesus gives that example. And we can see his eyes were focused.
1: Would you please stand?
0: bow your heads for just a few minutes I won't drag it out and I'd like for you in this moment to not listen to me I'd like for you just to have a conversation with God I can assure he's listening scripture tells us that but ask him to search your heart search your mind. Would you do that? Just bow your heads, close your eyes. Ask him to search your heart, search your mind, search your intentions and your motivations. And ask him for the why. The why behind what you do. Help us understand what our why is. Search our heart, and search our mind. Because there's daylight and we don't want to waste it. It's in your name, Jesus, we pray. Amen. You may be seated. You can keep playing, Cindy. I just want to take you back to the probation department for just a moment. Like I said, I, I wasn't sure when, but it was during the, my time as a probation officer that I found my why. It flipped the switch in my life. I realized that my job was more than my job. That I was there for a reason. Not merely for the kids that were behind my desk that I had to arrest or take to jail or go to the rehab center with and talk with their families or it was more than that sometimes I would stay later at the office to work when nobody else was there and because of my why I began to pray over all of the offices and the people that I worked with Remember, I needed credibility to influence, right? Had to do what I needed to do and do it well. And wouldn't you know it, spiritual conversations began to happen, particularly with the chief and his wife who worked there. And wouldn't you know it, by the time I left there, I was able to sit in a service like this and watch he and his wife get baptized. What is your why, folks? you got to have it. That was all because of the Lord doing things in that office. He used me. I was a willing servant. I needed some gut checks in my life, but it was all him. So I share that story. Because we've got to understand the end game now. Were to be salt and light and yeast, kingdom yeast in the communities and in the workplaces, on the teams, in the classrooms that we're in, in, the clubs, the Girl Scouts, the Boy Scouts, wherever we are. You are salt, light, and yeast. Work yourself into the dough. Make things happen. Add some flavor. Bring some light because you never know. Who's watching? Who's listening? Who's wondering if there truly is a God? Had I not changed my behavior? Had I not raised the bar? Probably got fired. And there wouldn't have been an opportunity to influence. What is your why? Find it. Because once you find your why, fruit will happen. Would you please stand May you love the Lord your God with all your heart, your mind, your soul, and your strength. And folks, will you please, 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 especially in these times, love your neighbor as yourself. We love you guys. We'll see you soon. Thank you for listening to the Nas podcast. We hope you are moved deeply to step into God and the hope and future he has for you. And that you are moved to be salt, light, and yeast in your community and to love people to Jesus.